Hi, and welcome to episode three of uh, Tennis Volley Talk with Brian Danielson. Hey, today I was able to uh, get an over-the-phone interview with uh, one of, uh, A, the head director of the Tennis Hall of Fame, Bill Melnford, and uh, did a phone interview with him, and it came out uh, really interesting. Um, and a uh, few little glitches. He had a few. He was uh, going to Canton, uh, oh, uh, Canton, Ohio, to go see the tennis hall of, or the baseball hall of fame. Uh, so he hit some low spots, had some a little bit of hiccups, uh, and uh, you know a few things other you know that happened to him as we were going to start the interview, but. Uh, it happens in life. But anyway, uh, I'm going to get to it. Uh, and uh, just remember, you YouTubers, uh, be sure and watch my uh, tennis uh, uh, podcast on uh, YouTube, Tennis Volley Talk. And uh, then uh, also, uh, you know, uh, you uh, podcasters, you can uh, see what the racket of the day you can hear. Uh, and but then if you want to see the racket of the day, you can go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and uh, and then uh, take a look at it from there. Uh, so anyway, without further ado, uh, I'm going to get to that interview, and then we'll take it from there and and uh, see uh, what happens. for the LTA, which is sort of like 
uh, the U.S. chairman of Recovery Body for Tennis in Britain. Uh, came back, I worked for World Team Tennis um, for once again, really Gene King that same day, and then did that for three years. Took a job with the U.S. Tennis Association, a second tour of duty. This time I was involved in community tennis, most focused on tenant under tennis, then college tennis, and then ultimately I was responsible for junior tournaments and junior competition in the U.S. And, um, and uh, now all these years later, I'm the director of tennis, as you pointed out, up in Rhode Island at the International Tennis Hall of Fame at the beautiful and star Calder Tennis Club. That was just amazing. And, and to go through your career, you, know, it, it, you sound so young, but you're probably, you know, I mean, what, what years were you growing up and doing and playing tennis at first? And uh, with that, uh, him uh, being born in uh, 67 kind of gives you, I was a little older. I was just in a junior high at that time, starting my tennis career in Tulsa. Uh, and, uh, you know, being out on the courts and playing all day and being with my friends and being out on the court and playing, that's how I started playing and getting into my uh, tennis career uh, back at that time uh, when he was uh, just, uh, just bor uh, born uh, that, uh, in that year that I started uh, playing in junior high. And with that, him growing up in the growing up in the eighties, uh, with that, uh, you know, I grew up a little earlier than that, and in, in the tennis boom of the seventies, early seventies, uh, he grew up in the tennis boom of the uh, late seventies, early eighties, and that was like uh, the Sampras and the Agassi, and the McEnroe era, and. Uh, and, and those guys that played and had their rivalry, Jim Courier and all of that. Uh, so that's that's when he was getting into it and uh, uh, getting and watching and, and seeing those guys play. Almost the same way I started, too. Uh, I kind of grew up in a little earlier than you did. But uh, I, I got the tennis bug in, in junior high. Uh, I, I grew up in the, well, probably got started into tennis about uh, late 60, 68 or so, something like that. Uh, and, uh, and then 
teaching uh, playing tennis in the early 70s and through the 70s and have kept it up. And uh, you're talking about World Team Tennis, too, because I've had the opportunity to actually, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, uh, and World Team Tennis came through there right during its conception with Billie Jean King, too. And uh, I was able to get, like, a picture of... Uh, uh, Chris Everett being interviewed, and I have that with, uh, have that, and um, I also have a picture of, not too long after, uh, Bobby Riggs played Billie Jean King, and I have a picture of him looking at my camera that I took, the little 35mm kind, too, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I didn't, I've had uh, opportunities to go out and see tennis tournaments and stuff of that nature. Uh, have had the opportunity to play on grass, which is really a fun opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, they actually have, uh, not very far from here in Iowa, one grass tennis court uh, that is in Iowa. I heard about that, yeah, it's sort of like a bit of a field of dreams. It's, not, it's open to the public also, right? It, that is correct, open to the public. You call and you kind of set up the time to get out there and I had some gentlemen's doubles to be played uh, one time, and it was great. And I played on another one of four grass tennis courts in uh, Baker City, uh, Oregon, too. So that was a fun experience also. What kind of grass is it on that grass court in, in Iowa? Do you know? Or do you sort of play on it? Well, from what I gather, he, he had been to Wimbledon before, and then he had talked to the grounds people and, and stuff and kind of was learning about what kind of grass they had. And what he ended up doing is kind of uh, cultivating uh, kind of a hybrid grass that was very, very close to the Wimbledon grass. Uh, and I, I've actually had the opportunity and uh, pleasure to play on the Iowa uh, grass tennis courts uh, of the Iowa Lawn Tennis Club uh, in uh, Charles City, Iowa, I've, and played doubles there, and it's, it was a wonderful court to play on uh, with that. So, um, you know, with with, uh, with with that, it was uh, he. And this is the story of of how he kind of came up with the grass of that court, though, too. Is very much so like grass, which is to say 
amount of quarters than it is for hard court. Oh, yeah. And it's easy, easy-ish to roam, you know, to roam foot players. Uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'd love to, at some point, you know, find that court in Iowa, Field of Dream style. I'm yeah. having it on that as well. Oh, it, it, is, it is just wonderful. It, uh, in, in actually, it, it, on the internet, I think it's listed as Iowa uh, tennis uh, hall, or tennis Field of Dreams tennis grass tennis court in uh, uh, Iowa, so you know, pretty easy to find. And then you you call them up, and then you get get the time set, and then you go out and play. <laughs> yeah, good. And, uh, but yeah, with that, and, and I know that uh, with with all the rich history of the tennis hall of fame, and I've watched some of the inductees being inducted, and John McEnroe, and I have pictures of him too, and. He actually, he actually, I, he was in an exhibition, and I have him hitting with my T2000 racket that I bought with me to, and stuck down on the court, and he saw it, and he hit, hit with my racket with David Wheaton, his brother, and Jimmy Connors. Yeah, that was an exhibition that I was in uh, uh, here uh, where I live in Minneapolis, uh, uh, exhibition tennis match that I was in and or that I was watching and then I had my T2000 uh, with me at the time and uh, lo and behold McEnroe looked over and saw it there laying next to me and came over put his racket down and picked that one up and they were all hitting with my uh, T2000 racket. Uh, picture to 
uh, yeah, and that's what I ended up doing is uh, getting a picture of that with his uh, Vetus's dad looking at him holding the trophy with a smile on his face. So I do feel privileged to be able to take something like that before uh, what happened to uh, Vetus, uh, the tragic thing that happened with him.
U.S. national championships were contested there in 1881. Um, for those who watched the HBO or East Cold Max Carol series, The Gilded Age, they actually did us uh, episode two of season two. Uh, they, they started a reenactment of one of the tournaments there that was won by Richard Sears over James Dwight. And uh, Richard Sears is one uh, one racket that I would like to have uh, a Sears racket uh, that uh, that would be a rare uh, find uh, in my collection. Uh, but you know, maybe I might find it one day or something in a in a garage sale or hanging up or in a box uh, that somebody never knew they had. So yeah, that's kind of what uh, would be a cool find for me. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a pause here because uh, he must have hit a low spot and he cut out. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I just have to, uh, you know, kind of bear with me through this. It's a little bit, uh, then he'll come back and then we finish, we'll continue with the inter interview as he comes back once he gets back to me. And that was kind of funny because when I first called him up, it was, and he, he, he was clocked uh, and he got a speeding ticket, uh, didn't realize he was going that fast. He thought it was like 60 or 65 and he was uh, going 74 or something like that, he said. So, yeah. but I, I don't think it was uh, because of me, but, uh, you know, some things like that happen. So <laughs> funny thing. <laughs> When he's going to start the interview with me, that's what happens. Happened to him. Oh, man, the inability to get back on. But, uh, uh, you want to pick up where we left off, or what are you thinking? Sure, yeah. Yeah, we can pick up where we left off. Uh, you know, as far as the, the, you know, the, the rich history of, of the playing room. And then also, you uh, YouTubers, uh, you uh, be sure and uh, watch and follow and comment, uh, whatever you might like. Uh, me doing and uh, everything like that. And uh, so, you know, be sure and uh, watch uh, watch that uh, Tennis uh, Volley Talk on YouTube and then new podcasters, you'll be seeing the Racket of the Day very soon. And uh, be sure and if you want to see the Racket of the Day, then uh, be sure to go to uh, Tennis Volley Talk on YouTube. about WCT and everything too and uh, I actually was there 
really kind of marks the beginning of the summer circuit in the U.S. with all the players uh, playing at the Hall of Fame uh, tennis tournament uh, <clears throat> starting there, right after Wimbledon is played.
was very generous to lend her outfit that she wore winning her U.S. Open in 2023 a couple of months ago. Wow. Her sneakers and her outfit, uh, New Balance kit, has been loaded to the whole thing. It was correct when you walk in. There Among the first things you might see her, her, her Coco's match kit, which is really neat. That is so cool. That is so cool. And then through the years, too, I've, uh, right after Billie Jean had retired, uh, she managed to make it uh, to an exhibition with Carlene Bassett, uh, Sir Goza. And uh, in, in it, Oklahoma, and I took some pictures of her and had a picture of me and her together. So kind of, kind of cool to have you that. Love pictures. You, you, you're a professional photographer, uh, not just sort of an amateur uh, dabbler. Yeah, amateur dabbler, but I you know it back then with the old 35 millimeter in the film and all that. So I have over there were thousands of pictures of the 35 millimeter pictures I've taken over the years with the tournaments I've seen and been in and exhibitions too. And uh, another another one of the calls I had was with uh, Colin Robertson. Uh, yeah, and uh, with that too, to be able to uh, take the pictures of Billie Jean King like I did uh, and uh, have that opportunity to uh, visit uh Enid, Oklahoma, when she was in an exhibition right after she had retired, uh, that I had taken that picture. Uh, yes, Norman Dennis Blyer uh, would actually move from Sydney to Oklahoma City and lived in Oklahoma City for 43 years. Huh. So, and that was kind of a cool interview, too. But, that would uh, be, yeah, uh, the Plus, the Aussies has a great accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. And then, you know, if you, if you see or if you watch or get a chance to watch, YouTube and you'll see the portion of my racket collection behind me. And then what I do is when it drops, I then upload it to the the podcast venue. So if you're not watching, you can always go to iHeartRadio and listen to my podcast too. If you wish. And everything but uh I'll definitely, I'll definitely check out. What is your, what is your all-time favorite tennis racket? Uh, well, all-time. And uh, with that too, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, have that, uh, uh, being able to tell them about uh, whatever I've uh, been able to do, and uh, you know, let let them know about this. <clears throat> also, you uh, just want to, you YouTubers, you want to take a. And you're going to be watching this. Uh, be sure and uh, subscribe, like, uh, make comment of what you think, uh, what I do. And then also you podcasters, you'll be seeing the racket of the day coming up pretty soon. So if you want to see it, go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, uh, and uh, take a look at the racket that I'm going to be showing today.
which ruled the battleships that had the big guns were called dreadnoughts, so I have the dreadnought driver of the tennis racket. So that, that kind of a de derived from, from the World War II battleships that had the big guns called dreadnoughts. Joey, you can see uh, just how challenging, never mind the balls, never mind the erratic quality of themselves, you can imagine how difficult it was to play tennis at a really high standard. So people make comments about, you know, players didn't have a top spin or the technique was different. I mean, those rackets were probably, I don't know, 18 ounces or, or something like that back then. And, and uh, they had all wood handles and they were really unwieldy. And the balls didn't always behave. I got a little glimpse of it during that Gilded Age special where I was meant to train the actors who were playing the uh, players playing the championship match. So we had rackets that were very similar to the rackets that you described. I, I think that they were. And uh, I just wish I would have been there. I probably would have been one of the actors that at least didn't uh, need to be trained too much because I do have the tennis strokes and the skills to make it look like I can really hit the ball.
you as I was talking, but I, I suspect you couldn't hear me. Yeah, I was saying is the hard drive to use that head comp and uh, and and he and it actually looked like a snowshoe, but that was the racket he used for some of his biggest titles. Okay. Seventy-five Wimbledon when he beat Jimmy Connors. Uh-huh. Six one, six one, five seven, six four. Yeah. Famously, and uh, I felt like a massive upset, and it really was. It was the first time that a, a black man had won Wimbledon. Um, by the way, it's the last time a black man has won Wimbledon. That is so, correct. Um, you know, Arthur Ashe was in a class by himself, quite uh, literally, and, and for so many reasons. Well, absolutely. What a, what a pure player he was, too. For anybody who loves Arthur Ashe or admires him or, or wants to learn more about him, I'd advise you to read what I think might be the greatest tennis book ever written. It's called Levels of the Game oh, really? by John McShay. Okay. Uh, John McShay, and it, it details, uh, it ostensibly details the uh, semifinals of the 68 U.S. Open okay. against Clark Graeber, fellow Davis Cupper. Uh-huh. But it really is a. a a cultural history of Ash and Clark Gravener and the world at the time and the worlds that those two men grew up in, etc. It's really quite an interesting piece. No, that, no, I will definitely look into that and get it uh, and stuff. So, but it, it just it's just amazing that that to, to be able to to be able to talk and, and give you the expansion of, of and I hope that you can tell that that me liking this game as much as I do and loving the game as much as I do to be able to do this podcast and, and talk to people like you and and have the end of a possibility that uh, you can tell people about my tennis podcast on YouTube and and then some pros may watch it and may get may get in touch with me by a comment or something. So that's what I'm really that's kind of what I'm looking forward to to expand upon that and you know, to be able to give interviews like this, to, to have people learn more about the, the rich tennis history out there. Well, the world has definitely become a smaller place with, uh, with the internet and podcasts and blogs, and and uh, it really is extraordinary. So, you know, the, the work that you're doing, I'm, I'm sure it does appeal to some people. Uh, it's niche, of yes. course. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it's really neat to hear what you're doing. And, and uh, to your point, it really would appeal to other people who also look at a similar look. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And that's kind of why my, you know, the, of why I do these interviews and why I send my cards out and pictures. And and, uh, and then, you know, I will be getting some cards to you and uh, a couple of remade pictures of uh, Vetus uh, and his dad. Yeah. So you, can, so you can display the, at least the one picture of those two together at the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not positive that would make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, probably just to manage those expectations. But, um, yeah, it certainly would be someone who really appreciates this also. I would love to see that. Oh, sure. But, um, yeah, we have thousands of artifacts. Oh, and, sure. You know, it, 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 I, I can't promise you that oh. that would make it good. That, that make any difference as long as somebody sees it, somebody that's in tennis, and, and then also could possibly get it over to Ruta, his sister. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have her contact information. Oh, yeah. mentioned that a few times, but oh, yeah, I'm sure you can find Ruta. Yeah, somehow or another. But, uh, but uh, no, I, I uh, so appreciate 
was the interview uh, that I had. So it came out pretty good. A few little delays there with the, with him dropping the calls and stuff like that. So uh, right now, what I want to do, uh, just let you YouTubers know that uh, watch, subscribe, uh, make a comment if you liked it. Uh, it was interesting, very interesting to learn about some of the history of the Tennis Hall of Fame and, and being able to talk to him and be, him being the director of tennis at the Tennis Hall of Fame, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And then today, uh, without further ado, for everybody, and then also you uh, podcasters out there, you're going to hear me talking about the racket of the day. The racket of the day is a Wilson racket. And uh, like he was saying, and it was it's called the Doog racket, D. Uh, D-O-G-U-E, Doog. And uh, that's kind of a brand name of what they called the racket. Uh, and this racket is uh, has a gut string in it, uh, cow gut or uh, cow gut, uh, cow gut or cat gut, one of those. Uh, and then uh, it looks to be probably in the, probably like the 1930s, uh, early 30s, 30s to 40s. Uh, in that era, uh, and then kind of has the curved, little curved handle there, uh, very smooth handle, wood handle, and uh, very good condition uh, racket, and made by the Wilson Sporting Goods uh, there, and then uh, for you uh, podcasters, if you want to take a look at the racket that I'm showing, uh, you can certainly take a look at it on my tennis uh, podcast on YouTube, uh, Tennis Volley Talk and uh, take it that way. And uh, this is the racket that it is, the Wilson Doog racket. 
in uh, very good condition still uh, for the for the for its age and the wood and it's still uh, still intact to, uh, for you to take a look at. So <clears throat> you YouTubers, if you do like it and like the racket of the day and like seeing that and then uh, seeing the uh, this must have been somebody's initials, AK, uh, that uh, somebody may have uh, had it and just to know that that's their racket back in the day. Uh, so uh, with that, that's the racket. And uh, uh, so be sure and take a, you know, a comment, a like, uh, a subscribe, and then you podcasters, if you want to take a look at it, go to my YouTube channel. Uh, also, uh Tennis Volley Talk, so you can uh, like, subscribe, uh, make a comment of what you like uh, on that. So uh, let me know. Uh, so that was uh, the racket of the day. Uh, and I hope you do like that. And uh, though, thank you again for uh, bearing with me through the interview over the phone with uh, Bill. And uh, everybody uh, this week uh, coming up, have a great week of tennis. Anybody that's still playing outside, which I'm sure there are in the southern parts of the U.S., uh, keep on playing, keep on having fun, and then I will uh, talk to you uh, uh, and see you next week. And uh, everybody, have a great week. Thank you very much.